Hello, friends. It's your old pal, Ariel Hawani, back with another edition of DC and Hawani. We got a lot to talk about with the man himself. A lot going on, as always, in the world of mixed martial arts. But first, I got to tell you about this brand new episode of the Woj Pod that I just listened to featuring unbelievable Canadian Daniel Dale. He's a presidential fact checker for CNN, but he's also one of the most famous Canadians out there in the world today because he is killing it with his reporting. And also, he's a diehard Toronto Raptors fan. He's not one of these Johnny-come-lately Toronto Raptors fans. He is a diehard Toronto Raptors fan. So it was great to listen to his conversation with Woj about the Raptors, who are currently tied 2-2, thanks to OG Ananobi, Kyle Lowry, and the whole squad after being down 0-2. Now they're tied 2-2 going into tonight's game. I can't wait. Very exciting stuff. Great podcast. Highly suggest checking it out. I loved every second of it. And if you're a basketball fan, if you're a Canadian, if you're a Raptors fan, you will love it as well. Download and subscribe to the Woj Pod, by the way, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, now on to today's program, which may contain language that's not suitable for all audiences. So listener discretion is advised. Now making their way to the microphone, DC and Helwani. I'm sorry, guys. Let me, uh... No, it's okay. Listen, you're a little rusty. This is the magic of the show right here. Just because we're big time doesn't mean we can't have these moments. Here's Daniel Cormier and Ariel Helwani. Back in your life on this Monday, September 7th, 2020. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of DC and Helwani. And as always, we are presented by Modelo. Modelo Especial. Root for those with a fighting spirit. That's DC, Daniel Cormier. I'm Helwani, Ariel Helwani in DC, my man. Yes, it is Labor Day here in North America. Yes, most people are taking the day off, enjoying a barbecue, going to the beach, hanging out with family and friends, but not us, not DC and Hawani. We never stop. The grind don't stop here. Put the backpack on me, baby. Let's go to work. I mean, we're going to work every day. We don't take days off. Who takes no. days off? No, not us. Um, days off. Believe it or not, uh, Labor Day is a uh, North American holiday. It might even be celebrated all over the world. Uh, in Canada, it's Labor, O-U-R, not O-R, like you spell it here in America. But it's still the same sort of concept. I mean... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> now you guys are piggybacking on our holidays. I mean, the Canadians just want holidays. We've talked about this so many times. How many holidays? No, I'm trying to say we're on the same page our, for this one. No, but now you guys are taking our holiday. This is our holiday, Labor Day for the Americans. This is a day that we celebrate the people that work so hard in the world. And now you guys are piggybacking. It's okay. I get it. Everybody wants to be the United States of America, the greatest country in the world, but... Sure, you guys can piggyback, Ariel. Well, I'm actually surprised that we're on time today, that you showed up. I would have figured oh. Labor Day, you'd be, you know, you'd I'm be nine holes deep. I'm already barbecuing. <laughs> I'm in my above-ground doughboy pool, laying out in the back, barbecuing. Oh, I, I thought you'd be golfing right now with your 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 eight-year-old clubs, you know, for eight-year-olds, like the, the mini version. Those aren't mini I, clubs. Listen. I, I thought you'd be out there on the links. All right, all right. So I got some custom clubs made. So right now I'm just playing with loners and I'm telling you, oh. I'm getting better and better. And right now, trust me, I just scheduled, not, it's not on the books yet, but the moment the NBA playoffs are done, round the golf, me versus Barkley and another what? one of our 
friend's name Niner. I promise you. I sent I sent Chuck the video the other day of me hitting. He said, "Hey, that wasn't that bad, DC." He goes, "I can't wait to play." So I'll be going down to Arizona playing with Big Chuck. And then Niner actually told me that Charles is actually pretty good. So you guys laugh at his swing in the way the the, the visuals, but but the, at the end goal is to get the ball in the hole in the least amount of strokes. And I hear my man Barkley's pretty good at getting the ball into that cup. First of all, Barkley's saying that you're not that bad. I don't know if that's the greatest compliment of all time. I'll, Listen, I'll, I'll man, believe it when I see it. So, so he's so. Did you see my? Did you see my shot? Up and down for par, baby. Yeah. Up and down for par. That that's your back was like this. It. Hey, that is what they call it in the business. You know, up and down for par. Three shots. First shot on the green. Put and missed. Knock it in for par. I've never asked you for anything, but if this does in fact happen, I would like to be there. Can I be there? To play golf with me and Charles? No, Barkley. I don't know how to play Did golf. I've never play? played golf in my life. I just want to be there. I want to be in his presence. I love Sir Charles. I know. He's the best. He's the best, man. He has a great energy about him, too. The round mount of rebound, you two guys driving in a golf cart together? That would be incredible. Well, I don't think we're driving in a golf cart together. <laughs> but, I mean, if we're driving in that golf cart we'll together, fit. we're barely moving. <laughs> we're barely moving on the golf course. But, yes, we will be playing together. All right. Well, that would be great. Okay. So we've got so much to talk about. You're back from Las Vegas. You did two shows last week. Holy smoke. Talk about Labor Day. Talk about needing a day off. You did two shows last week. We got to talk fights. about that. Two shows, 12 fights. It was like two contenders. I know, right? It's true. Two short it was, nights. It's true. <laughs> what a crazy time. Uh, Alistair Overeem, Michelle Pajeda. We'll talk about all of that. But first, we have to talk about some, uh, some late-breaking news, DC, because there I am on a Sunday night driving back home from the beach yes i left my (laughs) (laughs) i left the friendly confines of my home to mingle with the common folk i was at the beach and i get a text message dc from my good friend kevin mubenga who you may not know he's not a household name in mma but he is the manager for one nicholas diaz really sends me a video of nick doing like some pose thing like he's not really sure what he's doing but he's like this, this, he's moving around. And I wrote back to him. I was like, oh, you guys are reminiscing about the old days. Because he looks, it looks like, you know, 29-year-old Nick Diaz, right? Nick Diaz just turned 37, by the way. Looks like 29-year-old. Even the haircut was a little different. And he's like, no, no, no. This is like two hours ago. I was like, whoa, how much does he weigh? He's like, well, we're not going to tell you exactly how much he weighs. But let's just say he's in the 175 to 165 range. I was like, wow, when's the last time he was that light? He's like, oh, it's been at least like four or five years. Remember his last fight almost six years ago against Anderson Silva. I said, all right, so what's going on? He said he just finished a 14-week training slash diet regimen cut down to this range, 175 to 165. We are 100% coming back probably uh, early, early 2020, January, February. We have our eyes on some of the big welterweight fights coming up. Didn't want to divulge who they're looking at, but put it in writing. Get it out there to the world. Nick Diaz is back. We are fighting again, and everyone's on notice. When we see everyone in the welterweight division, it's on site. That's what he said. <laughs> what do you make of this? Because let's be honest, DC, we have heard this from the Diaz camp before. You know, he hasn't fought in six years. Do you believe this time that he is, in fact, coming back based on what you saw there and what I'm telling you? Well, when you look at his physical shape, right, it's easier to believe this time. Because before, Nick would talk about fighting and but he was like always in a bit of a party setting, right? Like he'd be hanging out with his friends, playing with his nunchucks. I'll be back. I'll be back. (laughs) But the reality is watching him there, he looks in great physical condition. Um, It's easier to believe. And also looking at the the state of the welterweight division, you know, you 
you think that if you're a competitor like Nate, like I'm sorry, Nick Diaz, um, you will consider fighting again. And I do believe that this will be the time that we see him. But how about the fact that I almost said Nate Diaz? Because think about this, bro. Back in the day, Ariel, it was Nick Diaz and his little brother, Nathan. But yep. when Nick's been gone for so long, when you think Diaz brothers, now you think Big Nate. You think Nate Diaz when you think about the Diaz brothers. And I know he would disagree because, you know, Nick Diaz army and everything. But um, I believe that, that, that he will fight again. And if he does, it makes for some interesting times in the welterweight division. Because you got to remember, this guy is, is super talented. He's, he's very well – he's very skilled very, and fantastic grappler. Unbelievable boxing, insane cardio. He's got all the things that could give a lot of guys problems in the welterweight division. So, like I said, we haven't seen him in six years, but I did interview him. Remember, I interviewed him last November, right after the BMF title fight, and he said that he wanted to fight Masvidal, right? And I think some people weren't quite sure how they felt about it. They weren't, you know, if you follow him on Instagram, you see that he likes to spend a lot of time in the clubs and things like that. But DC, and this is just, they didn't want to give me any more information. This is just my hypothesis. It, it might be possible, and I'd love to talk to Nick about this or his team, that what has happened in this world aka COVID shutting everything down was what he needed to snap him out of it and get him in the gym. Cause you can't go anywhere, right? Yeah. You can't party, you can't do anything. Right. Isn't yeah. that an amazing byproduct? That could be this depressing turn of events could be what brings us Nick Diaz. That's kind of crazy because Nick Diaz, like you said, is a guy that, that spends a lot of time hanging out with his friends. He's always around a whole bunch of people, but when you're in the midst of COVID and you own your own gym, Mm. Right. So Nick was staying in, in Vegas. He was always in Vegas. Maybe during COVID, he went back to Stockton, be around his family, kind of like sit through the quarantine with, with his brother, Nate and his new family and and his parents and and uh, having your own gym. If you're if you don't want to be stuck in the house, what are you going to do? Hey, let's go. Let's go grapple a little bit. Nate, let's go work out a little bit. Right. So even though the gym's not open, you do have mat space. You start training, you start feeling good. And now he's like fit. I mean, I can't believe that he looks like that. And when you yeah. talk about a 14-week training camp regimen, weight loss type of situation, this isn't easy to do with nothing on the books. So that shows you the mentality in the state where he is up here between the ears, you know, which, which is most important when it comes to fighting. Between the ears, it's telling him that, look, I want to do this and I'm ready to be fully committed to it because – to go through 14 weeks of training and look like he looks today, it's very tough. Uh, there is a simple answer to who Nick Diaz should fight. And I agree with you. I do think he's going to fight. I don't think he's that old. 37, he's, take some, he's taking some time off. I feel like he's in the right spot. And, and like you said, his, his physique is tremendous. He's always been in pretty good shape, right? But there's a difference between just kind of walking around at 190 and, and being where he's at between 175 and 165. There's a very easy answer to who he should fight next. He should fight the winner of Tyron Woodley versus Colby Covington. Tyron has been calling him out. I remember back in the day, 2011 DC strike force Nick Diaz versus Paul Daly remember Tyron Woodley showing up to the weigh-ins in 2011 wearing I got next for for Nick Diaz he wanted Nick Diaz back then Colby Covington's been talking a lot of smack about Nick Diaz this is a no why what are you doing this is a no-brainer they're fighting in two weeks I can't believe I can't believe you did you are such an advocate of this man and now a big name comes into the game and you don't give him the fight I mean you are Ooh. such an advocate 
You are such an advocate. No, 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 no. You're such an advocate for this man. No, if no. a big name comes, instead of matching this man up with the big name, I'm sorry. I'm you take sorry. two guys that already have fights, right? And this man. They're fighting in two weeks. Wait, stop. But this man that you have been advocating for, a guy that you felt need earned a title shot, a guy that nobody wants to fight, is still off. The books, he's still not scheduled. And once again, you overlook. You do exactly what the world has done. No, no. Poor Leon Rocky Edwards. No. I mean, you did exactly what the world has done. No. Why? There's, Why there's not? no backstory there. there. There's no it nothing. It doesn't matter. No fight. If you're no. talking just backstory, if you're yeah. talking just backstory, he'd be fighting Jorge Masvidal. No, but that, talking, uh, Masvidal's book. But if we're talking just backstory, he would be fighting Jorge Masvidal. But that's not an option. But that's what I'm saying. I'm talking about, I'm talking about Leon Edwards. If, if it was, if we're talking just backstory, it would be two piece in a soda or whatever it was called. So backstory <laughs> doesn't matter all that much. Put Nick Diaz in there with Leon Rocky Edwards. This would be a great fight. And if Nick no, he, Diaz can, if Nick Diaz can stop the 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 run of Leon of, of Rocky, maybe Nick Diaz gets that title shot. So I think that's the fight. Don't no. do don't do Rocky like that. Let him get a big-time fight. You're going to match him up with two dudes that already have fights. Come on, man. They're fighting in two weeks. He's not fighting in October. I'm talking about January. Perfect. Hey, put him co-main event. Put put Nick versus Colby slash Woodley. Co-main event to Nate versus Horry. I don't know if Nick would like that. Okay, Nick maybe would I think never. That Nick's not going to be. Oh, so you're just going to crap all over Nick Diaz? Dude, no, no, no. Hey, don't do that. Nick and I have come a long way in our relationship. <laughs> no, you <laughs> don't do that. Look, look at the fear in your eyes because you don't know what you're doing right now. Don't get me in trouble right with now. Nick. You know what you're doing right now. This is crazy, bro. No. Nick Diaz versus Leon Edwards. That's no. the fight. That's the have... one for me because Nick Diaz – Puts himself in a situation where he may earn a title fight with one big victory. Leon Edwards beats a name like Nick Diaz. There's no more denying him because that's what's missing. You understand that's the only thing missing from Leon Edwards is that big, beautiful, shiny name that makes everybody take notice. I think the fight makes sense. I got a big, beautiful, shiny name for Leon Edwards. His name is Wonderboy Thompson. That's the fight. I set my heart on that fight. That's the fight for Leon. (sighs) Nick Diaz for me, man. Nick Diaz. Really? But here's, a, here's another question, though, right? Like, now Nate's a 70-pounder. Yeah. Nick comes back. He's fighting at 70. Let's say Nate beats Jorge Masvidal in the rematch and starts calling for a title fight. Nick Diaz comes back and wins, starts calling for a title fight. Those guys are as close as they come. I'm sure they'll get it worked out, but it adds another layer to everything, you know? Like, this, this, this whole world is crazy. No, because if the winner of Jorge versus Nate 3, and we'll talk a little more about that in a second – but the winner of that fight's gonna fight Connor down the line for the BMF title. Yeah, down the line. Connor so the BMF probably... title now is a thing. Like the BMF title now gets defended. I think it only is a thing when those two guys fight. Because remember, so, Jorge fought Usman. It wasn't on the line. Yeah, I mean, okay, okay. And and if you have Nick Diaz fight a Colby Woodley and he beats a Colby Woodley winner, now we're talking about him being in the title picture. Could you imagine? But you don't Nick think Diaz? that if he beats a Leon Edwards, he's in the sure. title picture. When sure. Leon's won seven fights in a row, seven or eight, seven, uh, eight, eight, eight. eight. He's, won, he's won eight in a row, right? And you have hammered this detail down to the. To, yes. You beat yes. that nail. I'm so the only one. Bro. I'm the only one. You I'm surprised Leon Edwards Leon. hasn't reached out to me and thanked me for keeping. You've been him a Leon relevant. Edwards guy for so long, but that's why. Now I know you just said why you've put him on the back burner because he hasn't thanked you. So now you're just <laughs> overlooking Leon Edwards. Now you're just so to hell with Leon Edwards because he hasn't thanked you. Now you're not going to give him one a text would be nice. Rocky, you know what I mean? Rocky, I want the Nick Diaz fight for you. 
your boy, DC, your former teammate. You, I, hey, you sold I, him out a long time ago. Rocky, I was trying to get him a title shot. Rocky, I'm trying to get you the Nick Diaz fight, baby. If I get you the Nick Diaz fight, that's the fight. Plus, you sold hey, out your teammate. Hey, and also, Rocky, the fact that Ariel is not advocating for you means that you got a chance to get that fight. So, you know, I'm the guy. I got you, baby. Leon, exactly. Well, that is true. That is 100 percent true. They go the complete opposite direction from what I want. Uh, listen, I won't be mad at it, but the fact that you have footage of Tyron Woodley showing up to Wayne's back in 2011, saying, "I want you." Remember who? Remember the first name that Tyron Woodley said when he beat Robbie Lawler back in 2016, Atlanta, Georgia. I was there. He Nick got Diaz. on the microphone. He said, "Nick Diaz." Like, there's a story there, and Colby has been talking a lot about Nick too. So I just feel like that would be fun to get him motivated. Tyron against Tyron, again, Tyron Smart. Tyron knew when he became champ, having Nick Diaz on the opposite side of him would help him to sell pay-per-views. Tyron also knows back then, before he was champion, that if he could beat a Nick Diaz, it would put him in line to get a championship fight. Hey man, these guys aren't making these calls and these decisions on just emotion. They know what they're doing. But I, I mean, yes, I, I, I agree. Nick Diaz versus Kobe, or Nate Diaz, anybody versus Kobe, getting ready for a fight, it's always fun because Kobe likes to talk so much. But in terms of competitive and what I want to see for a guy at the level of a Nick Diaz, I think, and, and for a fun fight, I think it'd be great. Okay, so we both would be down to see him fight. Um, hopefully he's in good spirits. He's in a good place. He's fighting for the right reasons, right? I don't want to see Nick Diaz fight just to, to make some, like I want him to want to fight. And mm -hmm. I think we both agree that in 2021, there's a very good chance that he will fight, right? Yes, for sure. And, and I think it's good. It's good timing. Look, his brother is coming back. Um, we found out early last week that they are targeting Nate Diaz versus Jorge Masvidal too. Um, the initial report said December, but I'm hearing January. So this will be the rematch for the BMF title. They could train together, may not fight on the same card, but re be around each other, train together. Like I said, when I spoke to Nick in November, he wanted the Masvidal fight. I think he's okay if his brother gets it. You know, the Diaz brothers being on the same page is good. I would love to see Nick in Nate's corner when he fights Jorge Masvidal. Yeah. It's been a while since we've seen that. How do we feel about that fight getting booked as opposed to some of the other fights? Because I have to be honest with you, DC, when, when that news came out, I saw a lot of people poo-pooing it. I saw a lot of people kind of being upset that they're going with Nate versus Jorge. I'm surprised. Why wouldn't you want – it ended, you know, unceremoniously, the cut – Let's see, let's see a decisive winner. Could I tell you why people are a little bit – because when you watch the fight, right, and Nate's my boy, but when you watch the fight, it wasn't all that close before the cut, right? Because Masvidal was fighting a good fight, and Nate wasn't having his best performance. So when you look at it, you're like, well, they're matching these dudes up again, and why? Because based on Nate saying, I was going to beat him, I was just getting started. Like, because reality is they only fought how many rounds? Two, three, three. They fought three rounds, right? And it looked like Masvidal was winning all three of those rounds. I think I'm not exactly sure. I don't recall it as well as you yeah. probably do, but it seemed like Hori was up three zero, you know? So you're putting together a rematch where it looked like one guy was, uh, was winning the fight. And I think that's why the fans may be a little bit against it initially, but the moment Nate and, Jorge start to talk and start to sell the fight, people get right back on board. But, yeah, I, I, I believe a lot of it is because of that. It seemed like the fight was going in Jorge's way, and it, it seemed like it was his way pretty clear uh, when you're watching it. Well, you can't please these fans because, on the one hand, they say, oh, you know, Leon, stay quiet over there. You got pieced up in the back. You're done. And then, on the other hand, you give them the Nate fight. Like, they're, other than those two guys, who else was out there? Connor? I mean, they're, they're very clearly – 
holding Connor off for the winner of Gaethje versus Habib, which is now, you know, a month and change away. So he's not really in the cards. Maybe they're just upset. I don't know. Uh, a healthy Nate Diaz. My understanding was he wasn't 100% healthy. Now I'm okay, not making okay. excuses for him. But a healthy Nate Diaz, Jorge Masvidal coming off that fight. I feel like the second fight will be more competitive. And by the way, what a great way to start the year, 2021. There could even be fans in attendance by then. I'm not against it. I'm not against Nate Diaz fighting Jorge Masvidal. I'm just trying to think of what people may have thought going into the fight. I think it'd be a good fight. Like you said, especially if Nate was hurt. These are things that you know that most of the world doesn't know. We don't know that Nate was hurt going into the fight. But when you watch Nate fight, he actually still went out there and did his thing. But Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz, the fight itself, I think it's a, it's a tough fight every time for, for Nate because Jorge is so powerful. He's so polished. In the stand-up, he's got good enough cardio to stay with Nate. I think if Nate goes out there and tries to wrestle a little bit more, engage him more in the grappling, I think his, his chances uh, go up quite a bit. So um, great fight, exciting fight. People are going to tune in. I, I, I kind of wish Masvidal and, and, and Leon would have fought. I, mm. I kind of wish, right? Like, when are we going to get the, the Nate fight? Just when are we going to get the payoff to that? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm a wrestling guy, right? I like the slow build. I love the slow build, right? I love when Cena and The Rock are, are doing promos for a year before they wrestle only two matches, both at WrestleMania. I, I, I'm, I'm into when Hogan and The Warrior, those guys did promos, and they had their program that went an entire year. I love that. I love when Shawn Michaels was chasing the championship for the first time, and it took him a year to get it. You know, the boy who a dream has been realized. But at some point, you have to pay it off. Right, so you saw that the, it started at the, the the backstage brawl, the two piece and the what is it? Two piece in the soda? I uh, know. I think it's the one piece in the biscuit. The uh, one? No, he hit him twice, so it had to be two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, three piece of the soda. So, okay, so three piece in the soda. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. So that was the start of the rivalry, right? Then yeah, all the yeah. talk back and forth, right? So now we're going on what six, seven months? It's it's like it's been a while, right? It's what been do you mean, a while. six, seven months. It's been a year and a half. Oh, this happened last year. March of 2019. Oh, when beat, that's when he beat Darren Till. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So we're two years into this thing. Yes. We're still talking. When's the payoff? That's what yeah. I'm saying. Man, pay this thing off, man. Let's pay this thing off with putting these dudes in there to fight. Because there's nothing better than when two guys want to fight each other and they hate each other and they're talking. And then they get locked into an octagon. I'm ready mm. to see those two dudes get locked into an octagon. No knock on what we got going with Nate and Jorge. But... Man, I, I just, I'm ready for the payoff on that whole situation. I agree. And his team gets so mad at me every time I bring it up. I, was get, I got into an argument with his manager, Abe Kawa, last week. Like, oh, why would you advocate for them? Like, I'm not advocating. Like, if the, if the shoe was on the other foot and your guy got punched backstage, they don't like when I say jumped or tagged. Like, if your guy just got punched, then you would want to exact revenge on the guy who, like, it's just, this is just a natural, the storyline would be great. It's basically a mini version of Connor and, and Habib in Brooklyn, right? A mini yes. version of that. A mini, yes. mini, mini version. Like, there was an yes. altercation. Now, people want to see the payoff, but it doesn't seem like we're getting the payoff anytime that, soon. But By that's, the way, that's on Rocky, though, man. That's on Leon a little bit. He went into Warrior's face. And, I mean, you're gonna, you got to expect a dude like that, a fighter, to hit you if you're going to get in the sure. face. You can't just, like, not be prepared to get punched. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I'm ready. I'm like you said, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for those dudes to fight. All right. Well, guess what? And you're I believe get, people would get into it. <laughs> no, I'm saying I would believe people would get into that fight too, as they will get into the fight with Masvidal versus Diaz, because again, it's just a a, a, a great a great matchup.
By the way, speaking of slow build, speaking of pro wrestling, what about Tyron Woodley, our oh. guy, teaming up with Masvidal, Colby's ex-best friend, right? <laughs> and bringing him to his – I mean, this is straight out of WWE. They can't write a better script than this. this Masvidal is- going to St. Louis to help Woodley prepare for Colby Covington in two weeks, and the reveal on the video, that is good stuff, right? That is good stuff. It was- it was when the mega powers came together and Savage yes. and Hogan shook hands. And then Miss Elizabeth went with Hogan and my heart was broken. And now Masvidal's in Missouri with, with Woodley as he gets prepared for Covington. It's, bro, for me, it feels like this is more mine for Tyron hmm. opposed to actual uh, benefits and training for the specific matchup. Really? Right? Masvidal knows him so well. No, I understand. But Masvidal cannot replicate or play Kobe. He just doesn't have that skill. Right. That's not his skill set. He could guide him or coach him, right? He can, he can help him in that sense. But I'm talking about this is for the mind, though. Hmm. This is showing that Kobe, it's you versus everybody. Even though Kobe likes to say it's him versus the world, this shows him, like, wow, your best friend, the guy you slept on his couch, you guys were roommates, is now training your opponent. This is mental warfare for Masvidal and Tyree. Because the reality is, Jorge Masvidal can't underhook and grapple with Tyron as Kobe's going to do. He's not going to go take him down. He's not going to play Kobe Covington in the sparring. But what he can do is tell him, hey, man, he, he likes to set things up this way. He likes to do this. This is his mentality. But is it really, is it really that big a, a deal? Because when was the last time Masvidal and Covington trained together? Kobe's not the same guy that he was back three years ago. He's a much more complete, better fighter. You saw what he did out in Philadelphia when he beat – that was Dos Anjos, right, where he threw all those strikes, and then you saw Chicago. him – No, that was, in, that was in Philly. He fought in Philly against somebody. RDA, he in Chicago, he won the interim title, and then he won in Newark against Newark, Robbie Lawler. Against Robbie Lawler, right, whenever he came out to the Kurt Angle thing. Yeah. He showed a complete version, like a guy that could stand. Then he showed the toughness against uh, – against Usman, like he's not the same guy that he was three years ago. I, I agree, though. Part of it is mind games. It's beautiful mind games. I'm yeah. actually surprised Kobe hasn't responded. No why response. Has he, why, why has he not said anything? He's been pretty quiet, right? Kind of no-selling it. Like, right? So, like, if you have no hey. answer, isn't it better to just no-sell it? Like, ah, this ain't a big deal. Like, this is not a big deal. I don't need to even pay attention to this. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like it. I kind of like him no-selling it. But by the way, if you could bring in a guy like Masvidal, who's one of the best fighters in the world, who has an incredible work ethic, like on top of anything, like that's just a good training partner. Oh, to yeah, have, absolutely. Right. So and I know I said not for the specific matchup, but just any sparring rounds with a guy like Jorge Masvidal will benefit you. Right. It'll help him get in shape. And then even that video Tyron put up where practice was over and Masvidal was under the ropes hitting sit ups like the dude's a hardworking guy, man. No, he worked for years to get to where he is today. And now he's paying the benefits. It's so weird because like. Honestly, I thought I was the only one who did that after practice, you know. Oh, my like goodness. Under the oh, rug. I thought I was the one. I was like, me and Jorge, we got something in common more than I thought. Shoot. You're Jorge Masvidal now? Well, Bro, cardio for two You never days. cease to amaze me with the way that you put yourself on these levels. Earlier, you were rapping Drake. I was like, oh, you're Drake now? Now you're Jorge Masvidal when it comes to training. This is crazy, I'm a little down on Drake, though, because remember when I tried to advocate for him to do an interview with us um, or just me, you know, maybe, maybe bringing you into the fold would help me. I don't know if it helps me, hurts me, but uh, he just totally ghosted me. So I got nothing. 
I, I mean, sent him. I sent him another DM. Goes. Do you understand how many DMs that man probably gets? I mean, those DMs are so full. Probably never saw it. No, I never even got a scene. Yeah, because he never saw it. You think but Drake he, checks his DMs? You think he actually checks his DMs or he has an assistant that does that? I'd like to think. I mean, he reposts a lot of people in the stories. You don't, you don't think it's him doing it? It's not like it, you, right? It's his team. It's his social team, Mario. I'm sorry. But man. what do you think? They see my name and just like at least click on it. Like, give me a shot. No? Drake's Drake social, Drake social team does not know who you are. You don't think? He follows me. Mm, his social team follows you, Ariel. I'll be the break your heart. His oh, my God. He follows you, dog. His social wow. team follows you. So when he's commented and liked a couple times, you don't even think that's him because I screenshot that and sent it to all my friends. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Um, no, that's Drake's social team, Ariel. You know, they probably saw the Canadian flag and was like, oh, this guy has some followers in Canada. Let's give him a like. All right. Thank you. Uh, Drake, I still believe in you. So if you're out there, <laughs> hit me up. Just give me a double tap. Come on, Drake, like. man, hook your boy up. Oh, you want – hey, I can actually, you know, like, so oh. – I have Lil Wayne in oh, oh. text him and say, hey, my friend Ariel would like Drake to, to do an interview. Should I do that? By the way, that's an easy, that's like, that is kind of an easy thing. I can just text him and go, Hey Wayne, uh, Drake, you know, Ariel, this guy, you know, cause Wayne knows who you are. You look alike. No, he Wayne does? actually, he know. Yeah, he does. He knows you. He knows you. He loves you. They, they think you're great. Lil Weezy? Yeah. Lil Weezy. He knows who you are. Wow. Da, da, da. He, he, cause he's from, you know, he's from Louisiana. He's a that's good right. guy. You know, he's Down a good guy. Drake from Canada doesn't pay attention to his people, you know? So. Okay. Fair enough. Well, yeah. Let me know after this, if you could text I, Weezy. I'll, def- I'll shoot it out. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, speaking of nailing it, oh my gosh, we were just talking about Jorge Masvidal. What about my guy, Michelle Pajeda, nailing the call out, calling out Jorge Masvidal? You talk about shooting for the stars and having no chance of getting that fight. <laughs> As you talk about wasting your opportunity. Michelle Pajeda nailed it on Saturday, but you know what? I respect it. Why not? Why not shoot for the stars? Yeah, you just you actually just shot your shot with Drake. You've been shooting your shot with Drake <laughs> for the last year, and now you're gonna call out Michelle Pajeda. You did the same thing. Take your shot, especially after a performance like that. And and listen, Michelle Pajeda, who just had one of the most dominant performances, coming off of a loss to the great Diego Sanchez. Uh, loss. <laughs> come see, come stop. Wait, coming off of that loss to Diego Sanchez. <laughs> He puts on a fantastic performance last weekend. And, I mean, honestly, look, like if put in there with those guys, he can compete with anyone. He's so yeah, talented. Let's not get crazy. Let's not get crazy. So, dude, the dude is so skilled. He is. He's so talented. He's so big. And when he fights and kind of stays in his lane for the most part, he's as good as they come. I'm not overselling this kid. I think this dude is as talented as they come. Well, I like the fact that he was a little more relaxed, measured, less hot-dogging. You know, he he he, he – he threw the showtime kick like a minute into the fight or something like that. That's who he is. But it was just a little more toned down, right? Maybe, sure. maybe, maybe, you know what? You know what I was thinking? Maybe because there were no fans there. Didn't have to put on a show. Shorter walk, right? He was just kind of chilling. It was like a sparring match. And yes, he'll always be flashy, but 
he wasn't at like the, the Sanchez fight was crazy what he was doing and 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 he was getting a little tired. He got tired last year in Vancouver as Chris well. Conley, yeah. Yes, exactly. So I I like I like this Pejeda. I don't know how far he could go. I don't know. And our boy Danny Rube is going to text me in three, two, one. He's going to be very upset. That I'm saying <laughs> I don't know if he could be a contender, but I liked what I saw of him. But by the way, I mean, you know. I love you and Attic. You guys just glossed right over the no tap. There was no, that was not a submission. I'm sorry. Hey, dude, that was, and like, you were like, listen, hey, it's listen, no big deal. It's no big deal. Listen, yeah, listen, listen, listen. So first off, to Michelle Pajeda's point, uh, fight, I absolutely agree with you. The no fans helped him tremendously. Like he didn't feel the need to be doing all that crazy stuff or dancing for five minutes before he got to the octagon. Right before he's dancing, he, gets, he almost exhausted himself in Canada before he even stepped foot into on the mat. His 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 skill was on full display last week, and there were times where he did the Ali shuffle, like he said he did the Showtime kick. He slapped Zelimimadayev with an overhand right slap. Dude kissed his hand, slapped Imadayev, who is a world class like. Imadab is a high-level striker. He's a great boxer. And Michelle walked right through him. The reality is he did what he needed to do. And you knew when he got his back, he was going to try something high impact. Try to belly the back suplex, jumped on the neck. Initially, it looked like he tapped. But then when we watched it back, he went to grab the arm, right? The arm was right here. He went to grab the arm, then made a choice to go and attack the hands. But as a boxer, Imadab's first reaction was to grab at the arm but then he realized no i'll never defend here i got to defend more at the hands and when he went to the hands the referee stopped the fight so as i've watched it again initially i thought it was a good a good a good call by the ref as i've watched it again um i don't think that was a tap i really no. don't think him have submitted now i will say that look it was elementary if the fight went the distance Michelle was going to win that fight. Although I don't love that line of thinking because crazy things can happen with 10 seconds left. Like mm. if it wasn't it a tap, it... nothing was going to happen. Imadaya landed like five shots the whole time. He might've landed five punches. Right. He didn't really complain either. Right. Afterwards. He, was, he got beat. He got battered, bruised. He was beat, man. He got kind of got embarrassed out there by this guy. Like he looked outclassed from start to finish. I mean, when you're kissing your hand and slapping the guy. An I mean, overhand is, slap. Yes, so he has his mic just smack you across the side of your face, you know, in the middle of a combination. This dude's like, jab, overhand slap. And I'm trying to, like, come up with a term for it. I'm like, Johnny hit him with a – he slapped him. I was like, he hit him with an overhand slap. I've, I've never seen anything like it. Does that even hurt, or is it more just embarrassing? It's embarrassing, man. It hurts your pride. It hurts <laughs> you right here, like, in the soul. Like, some dude slaps you in the middle of the octagon – that's why when, when Nate beat Connor the first time and he's slapping him and stuff, Connor's like, was like, he couldn't understand what was happening. That's why when Habib fought Connor, Habib tried to slap him because mm. you could see, you could see that it, 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 it he, Connor McGregor does not want to be disrespected, right? Mm. Like that's something that doesn't sit well with him. So they went, they try to do that to kind of fight, get at his ego a little bit. It's terrible. It's actually terrible to get slapped like that. I'm happy that he got back on track. He is must-see TV. And to clear something up, there was a story going into that fight that he uh, was on the last fight of his deal. It and wasn't. this is someone – it wasn't the last fight. Um, I guess he misspoke. It was actually the first fight of his new, new deal. deal. So yeah, showing, Michelle Pajeda is showing, Ariel, how serious he is about this thing, right? He's moving to Vegas. He's staying in Vegas, hoping mm. to get another fight and everything. Um, yeah, he, he, did, he did fantastic. Yeah, must-see TV, 100%. So a nice win for him. Now, what about in the main event? Alistair Overeem, the legend himself, unbelievably, uh, has, has won in the 90s, 
has won in the, the double zeros, has won in the tens, and is now has won in the 20s. 40 years young, Alistair Overeem going up against the youngster, Augusto Sakai. Losing early, I thought down two rounds to none, and then turns back the clock with those elbows, the ground and pound. I thought it might have been done uh, going into, what was it, the end of the fourth? And the, then he wins the, the fourth, third. Yeah. And then well, he won in the fourth, right? He won in the fourth round. Yeah, yeah. End of the third, going into the fourth. Anyway, it was just, or was it going into the fifth? Fifth. He got into the fifth. End of the fourth, going into the fifth. Yeah, but incredible ground pound. Alistair, man, he's a player. If and 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 look, he was winning that fight against Jairzinho Rosenstrike. If he doesn't lose that fight with four seconds left or whatever it was, he's on a five-fight winning streak at this point. Looking at another title shot. That's crazy because this guy has done so many things in mixed martial arts. He has fought everybody. Um, in the heavyweight division, 205-pound division. He's fought everybody for so long. And every time he goes out there, he just finds his way to victory. He was losing to Sakai. And not only was he losing, the, he lost the first two rounds, he was losing the third round until he got that trip takedown. He was losing the fourth round until he got another takedown. And then the fifth, he went right back to the takedown because he understood that Sakai had nothing for him in the ground. But he just makes adjustments. And I believe he relies on that veteran savvy to carry him through these fights, especially against a guy like Augusto Sakai, who showed that he's as high level as they come. He was winning the standup against Alistair Overeem. Years ago, no one would have ever thought that you could even compete with Alistair Overeem with four rounds glove, and Sakai was winning the standup. But hats off to Alistair, man, 40 years old, and, and doesn't look any different. He, he's, people talk about the fight was kind of slow, and it was, but that's the way he fights now, right? He, he makes you fight at that slower pace to get you to, to kind of fight him the way that he wants. You know, he gets you inside the octagon, lands nice knees. From the outside, he throws kicks. He throws his strikes one or two at a time now. He doesn't overwhelm you as he did when he was younger. But, but he makes you fight that type of fight, and that gives him a chance. Well, wait a second, wait a second. I love the Reem. I love the Reem as much as anyone. Uber Reem, Demolition Man. But you can't tell me with a straight face he doesn't look any different. He looks no, a lot different. I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about oh, okay. like he doesn't look any different in the way that he fights now, right? Over the course of the last, I think when he went to Jackson's back in the day, they kind of slowed him down a little bit, and he started being a little more uh, smart with his, and efficient with his energy, and he still looks like that the same. Physically, yeah, he looks completely different. I mean, but right. we're in a different world today than we were back when he was fighting in strike force and pride. No, it's just horse meat. You can't get horse meat in America. You can't get horse meat in the U.S. He's living in Colorado now, you know, so, yeah. And by the way, speaking of Colorado, shout out to Elevation Fight Team, who just continues to be on a roll this year with all the great fighters that they have there. Neil Magny last week, um, uh, Overeem this week, and then all the other great fighters that they, they have there, Drew Dober, and, and, and the list goes on and on. Gaethje trains out of there as well. Uh, they just continue to do great things, and I think they are a big part of his renaissance. Now, by the way, when you see Overeem, do you get like – I get a warm, tingly feeling inside when I see Overeem because he's just one of the legends, and to me it just – it still feels special when Alistair Overeem. It reminds me of the Pride K1 days. Mm-hmm. Do you get a warm, tingly feeling? Because let's be honest, without Alistair Overeem, there is no DC. Alistair Overeem – is, is, is almost directly responsible for your success. Oh, yeah, getting out of the tournament, you mean. That's right. Yeah, yeah, how, yeah. Um, how soon they forget. You know, you know I, don't, I don't necessarily get a, uh, a tingly. <laughs> <laughs> I like Alistair. I think he's a great guy. I think he's very nice. I, I, I'm happy for his success. Very thoughtful, right? Very nice guy, thoughtful. I shake his hand, and, and I, I, I say, what's up? That's kind of the, the start of it. it. 
Because let me tell you one thing that happened in Canada back in the day. We're, we're oh. in Canada. and Which uh, part? Um, I don't know. We're back in Canada. But this was me and Kane were there for it. He was a guest fighter. Kane was the UFC champ. And uh, You know Canada's not like a dirt road, right? Like there's different no, no, cities we're in the hotel. and provinces. No, I know. But it's like, like I would never say I'm in the United States. I would say I'm in Denver oh, or... Yeah, well, no, I don't know where we're in. Oh, we're in Montreal. We're in Montreal. No, really? just kidding. we were in Montreal. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were in Calgary, I think. And uh, we're standing in the lobby of the hotel as Alistair is arriving. And me and Kane are just standing right next to, to, to each other. Alistair walks up and he kind of like gives me this hug, shook my hand, gave me this hug. And like, almost like, kind of like sunned me a little bit. Like he was so much bigger. Like, hey, do you see? He almost touched my shoulder. You know, hey, little guy. You know, and um, he just looked at Kane, bro, and he didn't say anything. He just like, like kind of like gave him the head nod, like shook his hand. I don't know if that was a maybe I'm coming for your belt type of thing, but, or maybe it was a Kane was so crazy intimidating back then that nobody ever spoke to him. I don't know what it was. It was like I was just so much more approachable than Kane was. And uh, that, I think that's where Alistair and I's relationship was formed, right? Because before, he never really – I didn't know him. You know, we never talked to Strikeforce or anything. And so every time we see each other, we're very cordial. But I don't know if today he would even say anything to Kane because Kane's just not very approachable in that sense. I, I was just waiting for the payoff on that story. Is that the story or is there yeah, like that's a, the story. That's the story. Oh, that was it? That was the fact that he kind of sunned me in Canada. Oh, okay, okay. I thought there was like, like and then brother, this happened. You know? And then but this happened. Say, but then he didn't say anything to the big brother, you know? So like, oh, okay. that, that's why I don't get the thing we're feeling right. It's always still kind of like. Okay, oh, okay. You keep it 100. Yeah, keep 100, man. Come on, man. I can't yeah. believe you tried to do that to my story. <laughs> I mean, there was just no real pal. Uh, I, I do agree that Kane is a lot less approachable, if that's what you yeah, mean. Yeah, I, I, I guess that was the payoff. Off, right like i'm sure. the guy that everybody wants to say hi to and and uh not not kane i guess this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple jets is better with the thickest crispiest cheesiest detroit style pizza in the country there's no competition right now get five dollars off any eight corner pizza with code eight save that's the number eight s-a-v-e Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. One guy who knows a lot about Kane and Alistair Overeem is uh, your old pal, Brock Lesnar, the -hmm. beast incarnate himself. How about DC retiring last week officially on this program? Get it straight. You didn't retire in the ring on August 15th. You didn't retire afterwards on social media. You retired on this show. I want, I want the, the record to show that you officially retired on this show and you announced your intention to leave the Wasada. The Wasada? No, the Usada oh pool. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The you USADA. and Chael, bro. Chael goes Usada. If you say Wusada, boy, Ariel in the back, I don't know how to pronounce Usada. Anyway, uh, literally five hours later, we get word that Brock is a free agent and, and, then, and then we all start going crazy. Is he coming to UFC? There had to have been a part of you like, come on, Brock. Come on, man. One more time. Are you get, On this show, will you officially re-enter the pool and say you're sticking around for one more fight? Break some news for us. No, I just – I never uh, – I never uh, – I'm, I'm done. I, 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 I want to wrestle with Brock. I want to wrestle with Brock in the WWE. You know, like, oh. I, that's where I want to fight Brock. I want to fight him on his terms. I don't want to fight – but, I mean, you know – Two old guys in the UFC octagon, you know, going at it, 43, 41. That seems fun. But, boy, 
me and Brock at WrestleMania, that would be a good time. Wow. I mean, really? that was, you're coming with me. You're coming with me, too. You absolutely are coming with me if I wrestle Brock. Man, what kind of role will I have? Will I be like a mouthpiece? Can I be a manager? Can I I... To... So what I'm going to do, what I want you to do is talk. We're going to talk our talk, right? We're going to be like, Brock, you were so afraid that we have to follow you into your world, Brock. Yes. We followed you into your world because we want this. We wanted this. You never showed up, Brock. I waited. I waited and didn't retire because I waited for you. So we showed up into your world. And then once the match starts, we're going to just cheat him. The whole time I want you cheating. I want you tripping him. I want you getting on the side of the apron, distracting him. I want you just giving me a chance to beat Brock Lesnar. That's it. I'll handle Heyman. I got Heyman. You got Heyman. Yeah, I got Heyman. Don't worry about that. (laughs) We'll walk out with shirts. Push me now. Get slept later. Oh, right? my goodness. It, it I mean, writes itself. It, it writes <laughs> itself. It, but slow build. Slow build. Yes, yeah, slow I build. I would like to be – I'd like to be 42 and a half by the time it pays off. 43-year-old WrestleMania, I could do. Wait, you're build. talking next year's WrestleMania? I'm yeah, thinking yeah. April. I'm thinking April. That's, I don't know we're if that build a year and a half. I don't know if the build simmers enough for me. I, I want a, a year. I want at least 12 months. Of a build before I get locked in the octagon because honestly, if I'm if I'm being honest, I think they mismanaged the Brock Lesnar Kane thing. It was too fast. Too fast. They should have built it. You got to build these types of things. These things that have uh, the story already written. You got to build these. So yeah, I, I, I'd wrestle Brock in, in the WWE and um, fighting Brock in the UFC. Eh, I mean, I don't know. I, I never really, uh, I never really thought about it. What do you mean you never thought about it? It was like a one-year-long story. Well, back say? then, I'm talking about oh, right now. back. Yeah, I never really even thought about okay, it. Okay. By the way, I know you guys are sort of tight. Breaking yeah. Well here. You yeah, we are. That's my guy. What's he doing? Right now? Probably weighing his options. Just weighing his options. What a businessman, huh? That's the thing about Brock, right? Brock has so many opportunities, man. Like, every time he says this, he gets paid more to stay there. I mean, it's... It's, it's great. And every time he comes back to the UFC, it only builds his, his, uh, his persona and builds like that thing about him over there and in the entire world. So Brock has not made a bad decision when it comes to negotiating with two, between two companies. So this one is a little different because usually he does it a little more publicly and he kind of shows up to events and he lets the world know that he's, you know, playing footsie with the UFC and WWE. He'll take a picture with Dana White. My guy, John Pollock of postwrestling.com told me that he's actually been a free agent for a few months. And what happened was they had to take him off the website. I think it was because his merchandise deal went up and then some, web, I think a PW insider found out about it. So I don't think he's as much, you know, kind of playing the field, but Dana White saying last week, Hey, I'd be into it. If Brock is into it, if John Jones is into it, that sort of thing lets me believe that Dana's interested. Ultimately, I don't think Brock wants to go through a training camp. I don't think he wants to get punched in the face. I don't think he wants to do all that stuff. I think he eventually goes back to wrestling because he's treated like a star over there. Makes so much money there too. Makes so much money. (laughs) But now you got me thinking, a DC versus Brock at WrestleMania, I mean, that is is big business right there. Big business. You're fighting to exact revenge for your friend, Kane, who got, you know, smoked by him a couple months ago. Maybe even Rosendo shows up to, you know, to, to push him one more we time. We just recreate the whole thing. I mean, that's the payoff. It's but the I payoff. get to be involved. That's really what's most important. It's to the me payoff. I get to be involved. <laughs> it would be amazing. Listen, man, he, I, you know, wrestling is where it's at. But if, honestly, if, if Brock fought, I would like to see Brock fight somebody, um, you know, 
I don't, I mean, championship level right now, is he? You know, like you have to ask yourself, is he championship level now? Because when we did that whole thing, that was in 2018, you know, yeah. so two years removed now, four years from the last fight, um, is he championship level? I don't know. Put him in there with someone that he can compete with. Well, I, I, I feel like I would be remiss if I don't ask, what do you think of the, the Jones-Brock idea? I think it's a big fight, big, massive fight, but I don't know how well Brock does in that fight. I think Jones has the wrestling ability to keep him off of him, and if they're forced to stand, I think it would be a one-round fight. Really? Yeah. One-round fight. You think Jones... I don't know. I don't know if he beats him in one round. I'm just messing around. I'm trying to piss Brock off, but <laughs> I'm trying to work the angle, baby. I'm working the angle, Ariel. I'm working the angle. I'm trying to get him mad. I'm trying to get him mad so he wants me. You yes, know what I'm saying? Yes, 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 yes. I don't know, man. I, like I, I don't know. I, I, you know I, man, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of no-sell the idea, you know? I, sure. I don't know. I don't no know. And by the way, he hates me too, so this is perfect. Who? Brock hates Lesnar? me. Yeah, you know... UFC 200, he no-sold me, breaking news. You remember at the press conference, UFC 200, I asked him how many rounds he sparred, and he looked over at you. What did he say to you? Do you remember the press conference? Because I said, Eddie Alvarez, I got up at the press conference, and I said, Eddie Alvarez says he sparred 10,000, I think, hours or something crazy, right? I was like, hey, Brock, by the way, because the, the whole talk going into that fight against yeah. Mark Hunt was that he like hardly trained for it, right? I was like, by the way, how many rounds did you spar? And he looked over at you like, who is this joker over here? No, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. I love sitting next to the press conference with, with, with Brock because the whole time he's coaching me. Brock coached me the whole time. The whole, the whole really? press conference, he coached me. He was like, hey, he goes, who is that guy? That's what he told me when you <laughs> asked that question. He goes, what kind of Because, <laughs> you know, Brock is kind of, he cussing. He goes, what in the world? He goes, who is that? I was like, just don't worry about it. Don't pay him no mind. And then, but it's, the whole time, I would, when I would start to get fired up, he's like tapping me like, don't engage with him. Like, he's like, it's just, yeah. he was just telling me not to like go, to go in the, don't roll in the dirt with Jones, essentially. Right, like, right, right. He was coaching me the whole time. Like, that was the, it was the funnest press conference. And I love the way Brock engages with you guys. He don't give you much. Oh he does not God. give you guys much. But he acts all. like he's like a million times better than all of us. Like, he looks well, down he on us. Is. Well, shows Brock Lesnar's better. Like, listen. Brock, I'm gonna say this to you right now. Brock Lesnar's better than you. What does that mean? He's what better. does that mean? In every, in in what every regard? Degree, hey, he's better. He's just better than you. He's, he's, he's. Look at him. He's, he's a, he's a national wrestling champion. How many national championships you got? Exactly. That's what I said. In what so regard? National, how many national championships do you have? How many journalists of the year? Let me ask you this: way. Stop, stop, stop. How many national championships do you have? Zero. Okay. Brock has made what forty million dollars wrestling. How many millions of dollars do you have? Well, I'm trying to make Brock me feel is, horrible about Brock, myself. Brock is so Brock is a. How UFC many TV champion? shows does he have on ESPN? Brock has okay, okay. You win in a couple categories because you're my guy. Hey, look, only DC only loves one of you two, and that's you, my man. So oh, I'm up, Team Ariel. Yeah, first of all, you're trying to get in his bad graces, and you're trying to prop him up and say that he's better than me. This is completely. Well, he is better than you. It's just a reality. Listen. He's better than you. Accept it. I I no think. I think in, in a two-round wrestling match, I, I think that I can hang with, with Brock. With Brock? Yeah, you could. Yeah, yeah you could. Because you, you had that thing on your head. You were doing the boxing. Yes, yes, you could yes, fight him. That's right. Something just hit me. You might be able to fight Brock Lesnar. There's two guys you could fight. You could fight Ben Askren. You could fight Brock Lesnar. You think? That's what you're yeah. telling me? Both have e – who's striking is worse, Brock or Ben Askren? <laughs> <laughs>
You're doing it again. You're doing it again. I just want to know. Who's You're making another you. enemy. You're making another enemy. Uh, Brock and I. I mean, listen, Brock and I could have had something, but he ruined it, all right? It was his fault. He messed Brock it up. Knocked up. Brock knocked down. Brock scored a knockdown against Heath Herring. So I would say Brock because has Ben ever knocked anybody down? Um, has he? I mean, has he knocked anyone else down is what you're asking? Has Ben ever scored a oh. knockdown with a punch? You know what? That's a good question. Because Brock knocked down Heath That's Herring. Right, yes. Yeah, and he like flipped over nine times. Yeah, so That's a good Brock question. I feel like he's had to have knocked someone down, right? Really? You know this for a fact? I'm, I can say this with about 98% certainty that Ben Askren's never knocked somebody down. Really? I don't think Ben Askren's – I don't know if Ben Askren's ever landed a punch on the feet. And I'm just being honest. I think he's that. What? Has ben, ever, has, ben ever, has ben ever landed a punch on the feet? Ben never hit Damien Maya. Okay, but no, but uh, don't forget about the Bellator days, the one championship days. He never, he, he, just, took him, he just took him down. Wow. I, now, I would really like to know how many punches Ben Askren has landed standing up. I feel like we can find this out pretty fast. Less than 25 over the course of his career. Less than 25? Yes, for sure. Absolutely. So you wouldn't Absolutely. think that I could beat him up on the feet? See, the problem is you would never get a chance. He would take you down so fast. No, no, no straight, straight boxing match. Straight boxing match. Hmm. You and Ben, man. I mean, the odds would come out minus 110, <laughs> minus 110, Aspen versus Hawaii. <laughs> what? In a boxing match? You guys are like neck and neck, dog. Like this oh, thing. my God. It's Aspen, amazing. Aspen apparently landed 54 headshots against Damian Maya. He landed yeah. 154 headshots? Yep. What? No, he didn't. <laughs> no way. No way. There is no chance he landed 154. <laughs> that's right. Yep, that's what it says. Maybe you want to talk about some inflated stats? You're telling me Ben hit – Ben hit – I don't think Ben landed a strike against Damien Maia. Did he? Well, apparently he landed 154. No, 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 54. 54 oh, head strikes. 54 is still coming. 63 total. 63 total. No. Maybe that's when Ben was on – I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know, man. I don't know, Jake. I think that's a lie, but uh, I guess we'll take your word for it. So, Ariel, you win the bet. All right. Thank you. Hey, by the way, I noticed, a, 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 what was it, a couple of days ago? Yeah, it was a couple of days ago. In the comment section, you ghosted Tony Ferguson. He asked you to train with him. When? Um, yeah. Where was this? Maybe on the ESPN MMA account. He's like, oh, DC, you're the man. I'd love to train with you one of these days. And you didn't reply. I didn't see it. I didn't see the comment. Do you want to train with Tony, Tony Ferguson? Ferguson? Oh, absolutely. Why not? He's a great, you know, he's a great guy. Him and Habib, the moment him and Habib get their business done. Oh, that's done, right. You know what? I forgot moment, about that. Yeah, the moment him and Habib get their business done, sure. I just can't do it up until they get their business done. You know, once him and Habib get their business done, why not? But you but, don't train anymore, right? Who? You. Me? I train every day. I got, I got, a, I got a training session today with Rosendo Sanchez. Really? Yeah, man. I got to stay. Train I for what? I just gotta kind of like I don't want to get so fat again this time like I was all those mm. other times. But yeah, so I gotta retirement train. DC includes a little bit of training. Yeah, yeah. We, me and Rosendo hit pads three days a week. He comes, he holds pads. I hit my bag and then I run. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Try to okay. keep. I don't want to be too big next, like I was. Man, yeah. there are a couple times I'm sitting at that table and I can't even button my pants. One time I'm in Brazil. One time in, I'm in Brazil calling fights and I had so much Brazilian barbecue that when I went into the octagon to do an interview, I had my pants unbuttoned because I forgot to button them back at the table. <laughs> Reed Harris texts me. Reed goes, dude, your pants are unbuttoned. I was like, oh, my God. 
I was like, oh, my God, I forgot. I oh. put the back. The pants were unbuttoned under the belt. So you could see it, the belt. Oh, the my. Pants were unbuttoned. I was like, oh, my God. Reed goodness. Harris was the only one who noticed this? Reed's wife Reed noticed it on TV. Oh, Reed's wife saw it on TV and told him. She was like, hey, DC's pants are still unbuttoned. Because that's a thing, right? People know that when I'm, like, a little chubbier, yeah, I kind of yeah, yeah. like to be relaxed next to the octagon. So I got to be careful. Now, you look good this past week. Felt good to be back. I'm sure everyone showered you with love, right? It kind of helped you move on a bit. It was, it was good, but, like, it was kind of odd, right? Because it was fast. It was only about three weeks since I fought. So to be right. back in that same spot was a little bit different. But Was it weird it, to be back in the same spot? Because usually, like, you're not back in the same arena that you just yeah, fought. Yeah, yeah. It just, you just remember, like, man, the last time I was here, I was getting prepared to go fight, you know? So, yeah, a little bit different. But it is what it is. You know, I go to do my job, and that's called fights. You know, so I went and I called the fights and I had a good time. I like um, the Contender Series. You do? Ooh, I like it. I like it a lot, man. It's fun. You you go back into the uh, behind the desk. You can wear whatever you want. You can wear shorts if you want to. I mean, it's cool in there. <laughs> That's you, the main reason why you like it. Yeah. Were you wearing shorts? I wore pants, actually, because I, I didn't know that you could wear shorts. But I wore – you can – it's nice, man. Very relaxed environment. You know, honestly – John Anik told me that when you call football games, it's like that. You're behind a desk, right? So you right. kind of have the top on and you're relaxing. You're never on TV, just calling the game, which is, uh, it's always fun like that. All right. Um, one last quick thing before we get to shout outs. Uh, your guy, Deron Wynn, unfortunately mm -hmm. got some, some bad news last week. Nine month yep. suspension, uh, tested positive for amphetamines, can return in December. This is stemming from his fight in March. This is your protege. This is the guy you took under your 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 wings and and you're still a very big part of his life just curious what your uh, your reaction to this news was you know it's it's uh it sucks when these kids get themselves into trouble you know but what we're trying to do now is 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 get the on the right track you know he has made a lot of changes uh since uh he got the result because you got to understand that this result isn't new to him this result isn't new to the team right this is new just to the public He's trying to make the correct changes to improve himself, not only as an athlete, but just in life. And that's exactly what you got to do. When you are hit with things like this, when you are hit with, with, thump, with something that is, is difficult to deal with from a mistake or, or something that you have done wrong, um, you have to grow from it. And it seems as though he's trying to grow from it. And all I can do is hope that he continues down the right path and not only changes himself as, as a competitor, but changes himself as a man. And it seems like he's ready to do those things I um, mean, he's trying to do those things, but it all starts with that. It starts with you improving yourself uh, internally before you can get the results that you desire uh, out in front of everybody inside of the octagon. So no truth to the rumor that you've disowned him. This is all, look, man, to turn your back on people in their dark times is, is horrible. You don't do that. So all I can do is try to guide this young man into being who I think he can be. But ultimately that's on him. You know, nobody was responsible for the things that I did in my career, but me. As much as I, you know, people help to guide me, I just can provide that same type of guidance for him. And I think that he's, he's willing and ready now to uh, take advice and do things the right way. All right. So uh, we wish the best to Mini DC. Hopefully he gets <laughs> back on track. Uh, I know he loves when I call him that. Now time for everyone's favorite segment of the week, DC. It is time for our shout outs before we go. I'll start, if you don't mind. Shout out to Angela Hill, who is one half of the new main event uh, this coming Saturday against Michelle Watterson. Unfortunately, we found out last week that Glover Teixeira versus Thiago Santos is off after Teixeira tested positive for COVID. However, uh, they have rebooked that fight for October 3rd. But why am I shouting out Angela Hill? Because Angela Hill, DC, is the first 
black American female to headline a UFC event. That's pretty big stuff. That's fantastic. Um, we're very proud of Angela. Everybody, the entire mixed martial arts world is proud of Angela for what she has become. Um, not only um, as the first uh, black female fighter to headline a card in the UFC, but also for her, her ability to become essentially a road warrior. Any fight, any time. This fight has a lot of heat on it, too, because these two women don't like each other. And it's going to be great. But it just goes to show you um, anything is possible. Anything is possible. And, and as Angie wrote on her Instagram yesterday, she's the first, but she does not believe that she'll be the last. So uh, big step for the UFC. Who you got? <sighs> I, you know, honestly, it's a very close fight, very competitive fight. But no, I think no, no. I don't mean as a prediction. I meant like your, your shout out. Oh, my shout out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my shout out. Oh, I know. My bad, dog. I thought you were talking about prediction. You know, I, I hate do predictions. You know, people are very like sensitive about these predictions. I know. I mean, did right. you, if you want to give me a prediction. No, sure. I don't. I don't. I don't. Okay. <laughs> I don't. My shout out. You know, my shout out goes to, man. Who? The man, Cam Newton. My man, Cam Newton, getting named the starter of the New England Patriots. And not only being named the starter, but also becoming the captain of the team. First year with the team on a contract that's only $500,000 guaranteed. We're talking about a former league MVP, a guy that has led his team to the Super Bowl, going into a town that is known for Tom Brady, playing for a coach that seemed to be everything opposite of what he strives in system-wise, and he is getting showered with praises from his teammates. Uh, so for Cam Newton, uh, earning that starting position, being named team captain, and just the glowing reviews that he has gotten from his teammates is really a sight to behold because you got to think after the Panthers cut him, everybody passed on Cam Newton until the Patriots decided to give him a shot. And now he's a team captain and the starter. And before I'm done, let's give Alistair Overeem some love one more time for what he is doing, being able to get his hand raised over that young Augusto Sakai in the way that he did showing veteran savvy, making adjustments and getting another massive victory um, let's see him run that back one more time with Jarzinho. He won 24 minutes and 30 seconds of that fight. Let him run it back. Very nice story about Cam Newton. It's a shame he'll be second place to the AFC champs, uh, AFC huh. and AFC East champs, by the way. The AFC champs. Yes, no, I'm right about that. I did not misspeak. Are you talking about the Bills? Uh, your and my Buffalo Bills. <laughs> uh, but that is a nice story. But how about DC? Shout out to my guy, OG Ananobi, who hits oh. one of the all-time great three-pointers Dude. in the history of the NBA and doesn't even celebrate. Walks <laughs> off like he's going to get a cup of coffee at the local Starbucks. OG Ananobi, I love this guy. He's hilarious. I don't know if you've seen any of his old videos with Serge Ibaka talking about scarves and whatnot. But, DC, it's really not only about the shot. It's about the pass as well from Kyle That's Lowry. what I was saying. Taco over the eight foot nine taco fall. But how about the fact that there I am watching that game, Kemba Walker <laughs> with one of the all time great dimes. Um, and, and now they're up by, I think two with 0.5 left. And my quote unquote friend DC calls me to rub it in that the Raptors are now going to go down. Oh, to Oh, three against the Celtics. And then, Oh gee, <laughs> now we're tied two two playing on late day. And we got the series. I was calling the dance. I was calling the dance on your grave. Oh, that would hurt. And then, you know, pretending to like feel for you. Hey, man, I'm sorry. Yeah, you weren't feeling for me. Yeah, yeah. I never would have thought. I never would have thought that could have happened. And then two minutes later, I'm calling like, oh, my God. We're losing our minds on the phone. Oh, my God. Everybody's telling me, be quiet. It's almost midnight where you're at. I mean, you're still watching the game. It was crazy. It was the way he walked away like that. 
Hey, that pass from Kyle That's Lowry. Right. Taco yeah. falls about as tall as any person we've ever seen. Lowry, it looked like they were going to take a five-second call. It looked like they were, no timeouts remaining. It looked like he couldn't get the ball, and he throws it across the court. OG gets it, and how about Jalen Brown, though? How about Jalen Brown t- pulling no punches in the interview? Jalen Brown's like, that is just unacceptable. Because somebody, I think, I think uh, um, the best kid on the Celtics, the light-skinned kid. Jason Tatum? Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum missed the switch, so then Jalen Brown had to go down and try to help, and that left OG open. The dude hits the shot, and then, the, then they go back and win the game four, and now we 2-2. It's a problem. Now it's we 2-2. Two, Never underestimate the heart of a champion like the great Rudy T once said way back when. You remember that. And here we are with our bet, which, by the way, I don't think we've settled on the stakes just yet. I feel like we should probably do that sooner rather than later because I'm going to win and you're going to renege like you reneged when we did the Rockets uh, Raptors bet. Well, because uh, the 76ers, the 76ers yeah. didn't count because Ben Simmons got hurt. So that was oh, okay. Off bet. Okay, that didn't off count. bet when Ben Simmons got hurt, right? So gotcha. my new finals prediction is <laughs> wait, wait, Miami. Wait. Wait, my new finals prediction is, I mean, he's looking pretty good, you know. But I would pos- – the winner of the Raptors and the uh, – There is no new finals prediction. You picked the Sixers. No, and, no. And, and no, it was off bet. It was off bet. No, it there was, was no off, off bet. bet. You picked yeah, it the was Sixers. off bet. They got swept by the Celtics. They're out of it. Now you picked the Rockets, and they yes. won against – Yeah, Oklahoma. we did. We look good, too. Congratulations. Boy, boy. James Harden did not look good in that game last seven. night. They cheated yeah. so much for the Lakers. Did you see that? I didn't see any. What do you mean? It was absurd how much they cheated. Man, you can't touch LeBron. They call foul every time you touch the king. And then, I mean, James Harden was getting just destroyed out there. Poor Russell Westbrook. One of the nicest guys in the world. I mean, Russell Westbrook, so nice, always smiling, never uses bad language. All he wants to do is be a leader and guide people through his efforts on the basketball court, and he's getting clotheslined. Oh, stop it. He's getting beat stop up out there. That. He doesn't get – I mean – Listen, you're 1-1. One, one. You're play. You're 1-1 one, I mean, one going back to Houston. You're good. And then also, hey, every, every time Harden gets the ball, they want to double team. Are we going to play like men? Are we going to double team James Harden every time? We don't double team LeBron. We let the great P.J. Tucker guard Anthony Davis, even though he's I got like seven Davis. inches of, 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 of a height on him. I mean, play us one-on-one. Come on, Frank. You're good. Oh, You're going back. You got the split. Going we're back not going to Houston. anywhere, actually. We're going back to our hotel at Disneyland. They, they They're walking right back there. to the game, <laughs> the game court. But, I mean, we're one. All you got to do is win one at home. All you got to do is win one on the road, right? right? And then the series changes. So, we won one. We took one in Staples. We took – I closed my eyes. If I close my eyes and I just – we won one in Staples. As I watch the game, I listen. And it's like we're on the road. Your East pick the is bubble gone. Has, the bubble. The bubble has – it has delivered, though, hasn't it? Oh, it's incredible. Your West pick is going up against my West pick, uh, the Lakers, and, and, and my Raptors, my East pick, still alive. So I'm still very much alive in this. Uh, it all really hinges on your, you know, your Rockets trying to pull off the, the mammoth upset, um, and, and we'll see what happens. But I, I like where I'm sitting, especially going into game five tonight with Canada's team, your Toronto Raptors. By the way, one more shout-out before I go. Hey, let's give a shout-out to uh, the man you disrespected around 25 minutes ago, Ben Askren, who had hip surgery a couple of days yes, ago. Yes, yes, He's already out there walking and talking smack to Sean O'Malley <laughs> in his video. The he's best. And he's he's the best. Sean O'Malley. So we hope he makes a speedy recovery. That's why, Ben, that's why we can take shots and pick on Ben a little bit because he can give it, he can take it. It's kind of been our relationship my whole life with him. And, yeah, happy for Ben to have – because you can only imagine the pain that Ben has been in for the last few years uh, dealing with the bad hip. So good on you, Ben Askren. Yeah, and, and you know, not for nothing. 
filled in pretty well when you were Did away. Did a good job. I mean, I was very worried. Nothing. I was very there was worried. Talk, there was some talk of a new show. You know, and then all of a sudden, like show. the DC and DC Elwani started to look like an afro. I was like, the fro and Elwani is about to come on. Come on, man. Hey, that's a nice name. The fro and Elwani. Well, he already has like nine podcasts and has a collective four listeners in those. So he doesn't need another one. To Yo, add. again, why can't we just let Ben make it at the end of the show, man? We just gave him yeah. props for getting the good he's surgery. Can. You got to take he's another so annoying shot. on Twitter. God, he's annoying. Why does he have to keep changing his name every day? Like, who does that? Who has the mental strength to change his name every single day with all the things going on in this world? Ben, please. Put your energy into something else, for God's sakes. All right, we're out of time, DC. Happy Labor Day. What are we doing the rest of the day? Barbecue, what do we got? Ribs. It's hot, hot here, dogs. but it's like 114 degrees in Norway. So I'm just trying to stay in my house in my air conditioning and just chill. Maybe wrestle with little Daniel later on in the day. Okay, well, enjoy that. Happy Labor Day to your family. And uh, my best to your, to your beautiful wife, Selena. I know you guys are rounding third Close. in that regard. I mean, who knows if you'll be back next week. You might be in the hospital. Changing I'll diapers. From, I'll do it from the hospital bed. September 22nd is our date. September okay. 22nd okay. is our okay. date. Okay. And know that it's a Wednesday because I wanted to ensure that I was free on Monday <laughs> to do the show. <laughs> Don't you, nobody, nobody tell her that. Nobody tell. Don't nobody tell Selena I say it that. Okay. All right. <laughs> hey, happy Labor Day. How you how you say it again? Labor. Labor Day. Happy Labor Day to all my Canadian friends. I love you guys so much. I can't wait to come back. Because right. you guys are so much nicer than the one Canadian friend I have, Ariel Horn. <laughs> Thanks to everyone who continues to uh, support us, downloading and subscribing and all that stuff they do. Thank you to Modelo. We're good. Yep, that's it. And watch so, us on TV tomorrow, man. Oh, yes, and watch us on ESPN2 or ESPN2 if there's a, a, a counter-programming. I don't know. It gets a little confusing. Watch but it's on, at midnight on the, tube. On the tube. Peace. We're out of here.